Romans chapter 13. As we turn there, I've got a few little housekeeping notes. Uh, while I am without crutches, I've kind of moved up in that healing process. Uh, it's still hurt after standing on my foot for a while, so I am going to be sitting down in front of you all again. Uh, the second main thing is what's all behind me. You see, uh, for our visitors who, who might not know, our VBS starts tonight at 5, and we are studying the life of Daniel. Uh, and it's a lot easier to prepare for it throughout the weekend and have it all set up so that we aren't rushing to set it up this afternoon. So that's why it's all set up behind me. So everyone's invited. We've got classes for all ages, all about the life of Daniel. And again, that starts at 5 o'clock tonight, and it runs through Wednesday night. I believe it starts at 7 every Wednesday night. Monday, Monday, not every Wednesday, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it starts at 7. So uh, we'll hope to see you there. Oh, sweet. I do not. Do you have one for me? Thank you very much. Romans chapter 13, we're going to begin in verse 11. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul is writing a kind of warning here for the Christians in Rome. It's a warning to be prepared. You see, they, they're being taught, they're being uplifted in, in faith, and here Paul comes to a point where he says, it all, it's all for a reason. You're, you're preparing for something. In verse 11, at the end, it says, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Judgment is coming, and hopefully for these Christians, if they do what they've been told, if they submit to God, that means salvation is coming sooner than what they thought. Now, I'm not going to try and break that idea down, but the main crux of the idea is simple. Judgment or salvation is coming sooner than we might think or, or when we maybe plan for it to come. And that's what Paul is telling these Christians in Rome. And he's telling them for a reason that because salvation is coming closer or it's going to happen when they don't expect it, they need to take action. They need to do something. Specifically, in, the, in verse 11 again, it tells, he tells them to wake from sleep. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. That idea that it is, that it's time to wake up. I've got an alarm clock there because I don't wake up always to alarm clocks. But the, the idea there is simple, and we'll just keep that picture up there. It's time to wake up is what Paul is saying. The Christians in Rome are in a... a lethargic state. He's trying to get them out of that sleep, sleeping state where they're not active for God, where they're not focused on God. And he's telling them that it's time to wake up, and in order to wake up, they have to do a few things. They have to do some things that will help them change their attitude, change what they are striving for. Thank you. And he tells them it's time to wake up. Now, this isn't the idea that uh, in our time that we're just staying in bed or being really lazy and never doing anything ever. But it's really the idea of spiritual sleep. It means we're resting instead of doing for God. It means we're not active but inactive in a spiritual sense. It means we may be accepting more than we are standing firm on the gospel. 
It means we may not be proclaiming the gospel as we should, but just wanting to be comfortable and not awkward, so we sit back and don't do anything. It means we may be focused more on ourselves than on God. Waking up, and what Paul is telling us then, it means to become active. Oh, there we go. It means to do things for God instead of for self. It means living the way Jesus intends for us to live. And it means preparing for judgment coming at any time. And so Paul tells us to wake up, and it's for a very specific reason. Because judgment is coming, and if we aren't prepared for it, then we're not going to be saved. Thank you. It's almost like a role reversal, like I'm not the intern, and I've got people (laughs) helping me out at every corner. Paul is telling the Christians in Rome that they need to wake up because judgment is coming. And if they're not prepared for judgment, they aren't going to be saved. And it's a warning that echoes to us today as well. If we're not prepared for judgment day, then we're not going to be counted among the saved. We're not going to be given the reward that we have been hoping for. So how do we wake up? What does Paul tell us to do to wake up? And he gives us, or what he does is he gives us three steps to take. And each of the steps is like a stepping stone. They build off of each other. And we'll get to that as we go on. In verse 12, it says, The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Paul begins his his three steps with perhaps the most simple one to understand. He tells us that we need to cast off darkness. In order to understand what darkness is, we have to go to John chapter 8. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Darkness is opposite of Jesus. Darkness is a life without faith or without without Jesus in it. Darkness is a worldly life. Casting off darkness is simple because it revolves around one thing, how we handle sin how we handle what drags us away from God and what we choose to prioritize in our life. And if we want to wake up, then we need to be casting off darkness, which means we need to be pushing away temptation and sin. Casting off darkness means we put our past behind us. We don't let what we used to do or what we used to enjoy or things that have pulled us away from focusing on God and focusing on ourselves or put us focusing on ourselves drive us anymore. Casting off darkness means we put that behind us, so that we can focus on a future of living like Christ would want us. Casting off darkness means we do our best to deal with things in our life that lure us away from God. Temptations are all around us. Sin is all around us. And I know we like to think of temptation to sin as this big beast that is is hard and difficult, but the Bible gives us examples of people pushing away Satan of pushing him aside and pushing away temptation so they can continue on like Jesus or like God wants them to. Casting off darkness means we need to be just like those characters. We need to be like David when he doesn't harm Saul. We need to be like Jesus when he tells Peter to get behind him because he's telling him he doesn't need to die. We have to have a resolve to cast off darkness, to push away temptation, to push off sin. And if we want to wake up, if we want to start casting off darkness, we have to take a long, hard look in the mirror to understand what we struggle with. When I think of myself, if I want to cast off darkness, I need to know what the darkness is in my life. 
what takes me away from God? What stops me from fully committing to him instead of myself? What stops me from worshiping the way I need to be worshiping? For me, I, I know that I am an impulsive person. I like to have what I want immediately. I, you can ask my wife, for, for a long time in my life, I, I had a lot of money problems. I was very, oh, I've got money, I've worked for it. Well, I can use it now. I, I don't have to worry about it. And I've learned the long, hard road, or I'm still learning the long, hard road, of saving money and what that means. Because I'm an impulsive person. And when I know that I am impulsive, I know that those types of temptations are all around me. To give in to my anger, to lash out at people who have just said something small or, or meaningless to me that's hurt me. To give in to lust or sexual temptation, because I know things are at my hand far easier than they should be. And I'm impulsive. If I recognize the darkness in my life, if I recognize what may cause me to fall to sin or fall to temptation, then I'm going to have to understand it or I'm going to be able to recognize it so that I can cast off darkness. Sometimes for others that might be stress. Some of us might know that when we're stressed, it's a lot easier to give in to temptation because it makes us feel good or it relieves the pressure. Sometimes that may just mean, well, I want to find something to nullify my pain. Maybe that's with alcohol or drugs or just the way we spend our money or what we put our minds on. Maybe that's prioritizing sports over everything and focusing on that because we get to watch people hit things or, or throw things. Darkness is all around us. It's all there and it's very easy to fall to or to prioritize the world over God. And if we want to cast off darkness like Paul tells us to, we need to be able to look in the mirror and recognize where we fall short, what pulls us away from God. Now, even though Paul is telling us that we need to cast off darkness, we have to understand that it, it may not always be easy because we have darkness in our life because we let sin creep in and grow and fester. And what may have been something really small or, or really easy to deal with at the beginning has grown into something that has changed our lives and shaped it so that it, getting rid of it would change everything we know about ourselves. We become complacent sometimes. It's easy to sit back in what we have or what we want or what we like and think, well, if I change, if I cast off darkness, it means I'm going to have to give up all this. It means I may have to say things or, or teach people about the gospel that maybe hurt them or, or, or break down things that they'd like to do, and I don't know if I want to do that. And we become complacent, thinking, well, I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to do what God wants me to do in a sense. But I'm not going to get rid of all the darkness in my life. Sometimes it's difficult to cast off darkness because we just simply become tired. It's hard to constantly say no to temptation, or at least in the beginning. When we are constantly looking around us and thinking, well, temptation's all around me. How am I going to succeed? How am I going to grow into what God wants me to grow into? And it becomes tiresome to say no or to change our life, to focus more on God. And eventually that, that tiredness, that exhaustion we might feel may just push us to say it's not worth it or it's, it's not what we actually wanted. It's difficult sometimes to cast off darkness, to put aside or, or put behind us what we used to do or used to live in or used to enjoy. And while it is difficult to do, Paul helps us understand how we can do it. Again, down in verse 12, it says, 
So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. The armor of light is in the Ephesians. And it's all about these tools that God has given us to fight temptation, to fight sin, to help us strive for God and live a life as Christians. And while we're not going to break down every piece or look at it, the idea here is simple. If we want to cast off darkness, we need to have God help us. We need to turn to God to strengthen us. Because when we turn to the armor of light, when we decide to put that on, it means we're focusing on God. We're saying, God, I may not be able to do this by myself, but I know you can. I know you care for me, and I know you strengthen me, and I know you will help me overcome temptations. When we put on the armor of light, we are properly preparing to defend our faith, to stand up for our faith, to commit to it, to trust in God. When we put on the armor of light, we are casting off darkness. We're saying that no longer is going to control me or guide me. I'm going to be guided by something different. The armor of light is a dedication to God. It's a commitment to Him. Because putting on armor, if you ever study history, is not an easy feat. There's a lot of small pieces. There's a lot of uh, clips or or chain mail or, or things like that. It takes some work to put on armor. And much like that with the armor of light, it takes some work to commit to it, to say that is what I want to do. But when we put on the armor of light, it means we are waking up. It means we are casting off darkness. And Paul tells us if we want to be preparing for salvation, we need to cast off darkness. Look with me down in verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. While the first step is meant to get us on the road, get us walking in the right direction, the second step is meant to keep us moving along that road. It's meant to keep us waking up. Paul tells us that after casting off darkness, we need to walk properly. I love the image that this gives me. Because when he says walk properly, he adds a, uh, an, a description to it. Walk properly as in the daytime. You see, in nighttime, everything is dark. Everything seemingly is hidden. I can get away with things at night that in daytime I probably wouldn't be able to. Because in daytime, everyone can see my actions. Everyone can see what I am doing or where I am going. And if I act always like I am walking in the daytime, walking where everyone can see my actions, that I am going to walk properly as Paul tells us to. Walking properly is done by living like all of our actions are being seen by others. It's done by living so that I look at what I'm doing, and I understand what I'm doing, and I think, this is what glorifies God, or this would glorify God in what I'm doing. Walking properly is done by finding the right path. It's very easy to be a very good person. It's very easy to be a morally right person. But sometimes being morally right or being just a good person isn't exactly it. There's something missing. Walking properly means we have decided to follow Jesus and do that. And it means we have put our goal in our view. Because at the end of the walk, at the end of the journey, we have to have something to walk towards. And if we're walking properly, that means we're walking towards Christ and towards salvation. 
This means we're not finding a path that may be more fun or more exciting. It's not finding a path where, yes, we can still be a morally good person or, or a, a kind person, but still give in to certain vices or, or things that make life a little more exciting or, or pleasurable for us. It means we walk on the path that God wants us to walk by submitting to His will, by recognizing what He wants for us and walk that way accordingly. And if we're going to continue preparing for salvation by, by waking up, by walking properly, we have to continually choose the right path to go down. We have to continually choose to walk like Jesus wants us to walk. We have to continually choose to follow Him instead of ourselves. And again, much like casting off darkness, this does take some personal introspection. I think that's the right word. It takes us looking at ourselves and recognizing what does pull us away from the path or what does cloud our view of what's at the end or what we want. I've had to say no to certain people in my life. I've had to say, you know, I'm own close to you, but the way you're living, the actions you're doing are having an influence on me that is not right. It's taking me away from God. I've had to say no or get rid of things that I have enjoyed doing. I've had to reshuffle priorities that I once held above everything else. Because walking down the right path means we're focused on one thing. It means we are focused on salvation and focused on walking how God wants us to walk. And that may mean cutting things off or, or reprioritizing our lives. It's difficult. And I, I think we all can see why it might be difficult because it is never easy to tell someone that they're a bad, a bad influence on you or tell them that you have to scale back how, how much you're hanging out with them or, or the dealings you have with them because their influence is pulling you away from being the example that God wants you to be. It's never easy to look at our lives and say, well, I love sports so much, and I, if I'm following God, I, I may have to move that farther down my priority list. And I don't know if I can do that. Because sports are exciting. Sports are fun. They take us out of some of the stress that life has. And it's hard with not only sports, but with other things in our life to reprioritize it to where they're not as important as they, or as they once were. It's hard to walk properly sometimes because emotions might get in our way. Happiness, anger, jealousy, love can all cloud us from going down the right path. If we love someone, we want to be with them. We want to help them, stay with them, hang out with them, enjoy our time with them. But if we're not careful with who we love or how we show that or, or what we do with that, it may take us down the wrong path. It may take us away from God. If we want to give in to our anger, it's very easy. If we want to lash out or, or retaliate for actions that are done against us, it's, it's simple because those opportunities are so often, in our, or are often everywhere in our lives. But if we're not careful, if we do give in to that, it takes us away from glorifying God and, and treating others with kindness and care. It can be difficult to walk down a proper path or walk properly as in the daytime. I mean, if you look at what Paul tells us that he's telling them not to do, he tells them not to be walking in orgies and drunkenness or sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling or jealousy. All of those are physical or emotional responses, things that gratify the person in the moment. And he's telling them that's not what you want. You're not going to give in to those things that will please you in a moment. 
You need to cast those off. Because walking properly not only means pushing those aside, but it's focusing on salvation, which is the reward at the end of the the walk. It's focusing on a better reward than what self-gratification can give us. If we want to change from walking improperly to walking properly, or walking in the daytime instead of nighttime, it means not only am I going to assess my life and assess the time that I give people or the time that I give certain activities, I'm going to act upon that. I'm going to change it. I'm going to focus on the eternal reward instead of a day, daily reward or instead of a, an immediate reward. I'm going to focus on salvation, which is what I am walking towards or what Paul and Christ want us to grow towards. Finally, if you look with me in verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Paul reaches this final step in verse 14. And if we look at it, we need to think of it as the ultimate step. Paul tells us that if we want to wake up, we must put on Jesus. I say this is the ultimate step because the other two are building to this one. When we cast off darkness, it's saying no to a life that we once lived. That's the first step, is saying, I don't want that anymore, I want something else. The second step pushes us to be a good moral person. It pushes us to do things that everyone can see, or not everyone can see, but act in a way that everyone can see it. We're treating people with kindness. We're walking down the right path. But this final step gives it an ultimate purpose. It gives us the purpose that we prepare because we want to be like Jesus. We want to act like Jesus. We want to look like Jesus. And ultimately, we want to be with Christ for all eternity. If we want to put on Christ, if we're trying to wake up by putting on Christ, we need to understand what it means. Putting on Christ means I'm going to submit to His will rather than my own. It means I'm going to recognize what He did in His life and strive to live like He did. It means I'm going to treat people like Christ treated people. That means I'm going to be kind and caring and compassionate. No matter who the person might be, no matter what history we might have, I'm going to treat them as if Christ was treating them or living or standing right next to me and dealing with them. I'm going to put on Christ by focusing on things that are spiritual rather than physical. This means putting my hopes in salvation and eternity with Jesus rather than material blessings. It means I'm going to say no to the fleshly desires that are mentioned at the end of verse 14 and focus on spiritual desires or eternal desires instead. Putting on Christ is a conscious commitment. It's an idea that I'm going to choose to submit to him every single day and worship him and obey him and be guided by him every single way that I walk. It's a commitment because we have to do this every single day. We have to wake up with this mindset. One of the things that I love to do in the morning when I, when I start my day is just spend some time with, with Jesus, whether that's by prayer or by reading in the Bible. It's there to help me grow my relationship with him. It's there to help me focus that day on what I want to be doing instead of what I shouldn't be doing or what's drawing me away from him. It's there to ground me in Christ. It's there to help me put on Jesus. And again, this takes some self-introspection or some look back at what, what our lives might look like. This is going to take some rearranging of priorities because if I'm putting on Jesus, it means I'm going to focus on him 
foremost, first and foremost. It means every single day might have to start off that way with him. And if it's not in the morning, then it may be at, the, at night when we're winding down, when we're thinking about our days and thinking, well, did I glorify Jesus in all that I did? Did I obey God in what I said or the way I acted? No matter what, it's going to take some time in our days to focus on Jesus, to recognize him for his glory and his role. This may mean that we have to remind ourselves who we're glorifying. You can ask anybody in my family, whether it's my wife or my mom and dad, and they will gladly tell you stories about myself and sports. I love sports. I love being out there playing them, having fun. But for the longest time, all sports were were for a way for me to show off. They were a way to show off what I could do, the way how fast I could run, how far I could throw. And oftentimes that attitude permeated into other aspects of my life. I wanted everyone to see what I could do, what Zach has done or, or how he's growing. Putting on Jesus means that change had to be made from focusing on myself or glorifying myself to glorifying God. It had to be changed from, well, look what I can do to look at what God has done. Look at what God has done for so-and-so or, for, or how he helped their life. Glorifying God is a change instead of glorifying ourselves. And if we're going to put on Jesus, if we're going to wake up, we need to be willing to put ourselves behind glorifying Christ. Putting on Jesus also means I have had to step aside and remind myself who I'm trusting in. It's very easy for me to think I can do it all. I can fix what I need to fix. I can change my life the best way I can change it. And I don't need any help. But putting on Jesus has made me realize that I do need help. I can't do it all myself. I need to turn to someone who can. I need to turn to Jesus for guidance and for care. I need to turn to God for strength to overcome temptations. Putting on Jesus or, or is a focus. It's a dedication and commitment to him so that we can constantly revolve our lives around him. And again, it's never, it's never always simple. We've hit at some of the reasons why it's, it's difficult because it's very easy to be prideful or to be selfish and not want to help other people. It's difficult because we may not see Jesus every single day walking beside us. So we don't know how he would act in today's world, or so to speak. We don't know what he would say or how he would handle certain situations. And if we don't know that, well, then how can we put him on in our life, in a world that is so different than a world that he was in? That excuse is a very simple excuse because it does seem very right, you know? It's simple to think, well, Jesus doesn't live in this time. So how would he know? If you ever look through the Bible and read some of the stories or some of the things Jesus had to deal with, the situations may be different, but the temptations and the trials that people are going through are very much the same as today's world. There's people struggling with anger and with guilt, with greed and with lust. There's false teachers around. There, there are people trying to pull people away from Christ. There are people who are prideful and want only things for themselves. There are selfishness. There, there is selfishness. There is any type of emotion or temptation we might think of in the world today <coughs> is in the Bible. Jesus deals with it. 
If we want to put on Jesus, we need to look at how he deals with those temptations, how he deals with the trials that people are facing and recognize that's how he would like us to deal with them in our world. When we put on Jesus, there are some amazing things that happen. When I put on Jesus, it's going to bring me closer to him because putting on Jesus is that focus of him. And if I'm focused on him, I'm going to learn as much as I can about him. I'm going to study in the Bible to read about how he acted or how he lived. I'm going to pray and grow a relationship with Jesus that I need to help strengthen me and guide me. I'm going to model myself after his example. And the more I do things like Jesus or or the more I talk to Jesus, I'm going to get closer to him. I'm going to grow a bond that may become inseparable and should become inseparable. And ultimately, when we put on Jesus, we're, we're doing what Paul is telling us to do. We're waking up. We're preparing for judgment, for salvation. And we're preparing properly, so to speak. Because if we're putting on Christ, we're going to live as God wants us to. We're going to submit to God's will and obey Him and have faith and trust that He will save us for living how He wants us to live. Paul tells us we need to wake up because we need to be ready for judgment. We don't know when it's going to come, and it may be sooner than we think. So let's prepare for it. Let's cast off darkness. Let's walk properly, and let's put on Jesus. Thank you for your attention at this time. We're going to go ahead and be dismissed for our classes.